Hi, my name is Jerry Wise. I'm a relationship expert. I am a self-specialist and I'm the director of the Center for Self-Differentiation in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, Carmel, Indiana. This video is entitled, How to Lose a Narcissist in 10 Days. Certainly the title is oversimplified. Certainly there can be many con, uh, very uh, complex situations in which we find ourselves in which we're in a relationship with a narcissist, such as as a boyfriend or girlfriend, or parents, or children, or any number of caregivers, uh, friends, people around us. Uh, so there are lots of different types of relationships. And as you probably know, there are, or surmise, that there are lots of different types of narcissists. This particular video, we're going to concentrate on more of the less toxic and less malignant narcissist because I think that takes a little more specialized work when you're trying to leave a malignant narcissist who is abusive or stalking and, and uh, doing all kinds of even, even criminal acts to keep you within their sphere of influence. Uh, but I still think these things would apply to almost anyone who's wanting to lose a narcissist. And I think in a nutshell, the best way to lose a narcissist is to find yourself. If you find yourself, a narcissist will not want you, a narcissist will not want to be with you, a nar narcissist will not be able to tolerate you. So that's one of the quickest ways, and I think the best ways. It's also the long-term goal for recovery when we have been in a relationship with a narcissist or we've been an adult child of a narcissist and we're needing to recover as adults and we grew up in a narcissistic home. So the very first thing I would suggest is, you know, no contact or if anything, limited contact, but no contact with the narcissist. And we want to first get out of the mirror because we're in their mirror when we're always within their sphere of influence. And so we want to remove ourselves from the mirror. And again, for different narcissists, that may be easier or difficult, depending upon their pathology and, and their difficulty and their personality disorder and their type of narcissism. I think second of all, since we have lacked self, and that's why we've gotten into a relationship with a narcissist, we lack self because we grew up in a narcissistic home, uh, oftentimes if we're trying to recover, uh, also, if we've grown up with a narcissistic parent, it's not so unusual for us to grow up uh, and fall in love with a narcissist. Uh, also, for an ACOA, adult child of an alcoholic, alcoholism is a very narcissistic disease. And so it's, it functions much, much like a narcissistic per personality disorder, but it comes from a different cause, the use of alcohol and the addiction to alcohol. So since we lack a self, then we must quickly find some way to borrow a self. And, when we, and we start out finding ourselves by borrowing a self from others. Recovery groups, adult child of alcoholics groups, CODA groups, uh, codependent anonymous groups, support groups, therapy groups, um, 
the uh, adult child of narcissistic groups, there are a few around. Uh, also, Al-Anon is another good place to begin to find yourself um, because that's where we have to start is a quickly and immediately start working on self. And so we want to start to borrow one. We also can find a self-therapist or, or a counselor that we, can tr that we trust who will begin to support us in our self-journey and focusing on ourselves. Because when we've been in the web of the narcissist and within the orbit of the narcissist, all of our focus has been around them. And the person it hasn't been around is around us. I would also suggest no contact with the flying monkeys, that you withhold that communication interaction with those whom the narcissist will send out to try and persuade you to come back or to convince you or to encourage your cognitive dissonance, meaning I don't know whether I should stay, I don't know whether I should go, and I feel caught in that dissonance. And the flying monkeys will come out and say, no, 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 you're the one that's crazy, not the narcissist. No, it's not your mother, it's you. You know, why do you give mom such a hard time? Well, mom's the narcissist. And then all the siblings come out and they're all telling you, no, 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 it's you. So we reduce our contact with the flying monkeys. I would suggest reading such as Psychopath Free book, Codependent No More. Uh, there, there are, I would devour videos on sense of self, growing in a sense of self, overcoming codependency, uh, and lack of self. There are lots of videos out there that can be of help to you. And I would devour them. I would put as much time focusing on self as we focus on the narcissist. And that's really hard because we don't realize how much time we've spent focusing on the narcissist. Be sure to reject your false feelings early on when we're trying to lose the narcissist. When I say false feelings, I'm talking about the feelings that come from childhood and come from the narcissist, such as the fog, you know, the, the obligation, guilt, failure, um, where we have false guilt, false failure, false obligation. And oftentimes, if someone's been in a relationship with a narcissist, those are the main feelings they're feeling. What they don't realize is those feelings aren't real. Please understand me. I understand you're really having them. But they are not based on reality. They are based on fear. They are based on an unhealthy view of relationships. And they're based on our past from our family of origin. So they're kind of systems feelings. They're not my genuine feelings. They're feelings imposed on me from my emotional dynamics that I've been involved with over the years. Um, trust your goal. Don't trust your false feelings. The goal is to find yourself. Also, stop rejecting yourself. Stop abandoning yourself. Often we fear abandonment. We fear rejection because we do that to ourselves. Once we overcome our self-fear, self-abandonment, self-rejection, once we begin to love ourselves, we don't fear the rejection and abandonment of others. So that's where we begin, to stop not taking care of ourselves. Make us a priority, make you a priority. So, 
again, focus on you and only you, not on the narcissist. Um, think of the enmeshment emotionally that you have with the narcissist early on in your beginnings to disconnect from them. Think of your enmeshment as an addiction. Because enmeshment is an addiction, it's, it's our drug of choice. It's the alcohol, the cocaine we keep going back for. I need that enmeshment. If I'm not enmeshed with the narcissist, then who am I? Uh, and remember, it is your drug of choice. Uh, the narcissist is addicted to their supply, that is to me. Uh, we're addicted to supplying their supply. And so we have that trauma bonding with them. And so we want to see it as something that is cunning, baffling, and powerful, as Alcoholics Anonymous says. That enmeshment is cunning, baffling, baffling and powerful. And we want to begin to see that connectedness as our addiction, not as a healthy, loving relationship. Stop over-functioning. Start under-functioning. Function with regard to yourself, but under-function with regard to the narcissist and those around them. Often we have over-functioned, paid for this, paid for that, absorbed and taken up all of their pain and struggles and difficulties that they've had. We pay and pay and pay for the narcissistic uh, connection with us and for that narcissist uh, relationship. During this phase, we make a determination we're going to stop over-functioning. We're going to, and if anything, under-function. You, if you've over-functioned, then you under-function, then you can come back to a balance. But the first is begin to under-function. No, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I, I'm not able to do that. Um, and help and have support from those people you're borrowing self from, your, your supportive friends, your supportive groups, who will support you in you saying no. Uh, realize that is that it is okay to um, let's see what oh now I know realize that it's okay to break your promises many times uh, people who are in relationship with narcissists will feel guilty well I promised them this I promised them I'd do that if I cut off from the narcissist then I won't keep all of my promises Remember, you've made your promises while under the influence. If someone came to you and they were absolutely drunk and said, um, you know, hey, I'll take you to Miami Beach. Uh, and I'm fortunate to be down here in Miami South Beach uh, during this week. And, um, and if somebody promises that they'll take you to Miami Beach uh, while drunk, and then you come back to them and you say, well, hey, you're going to take me to Miami Beach, aren't you, Bob? And Bob goes, what are you talking about? And, oh, that's right, you were drunk, so I guess we probably aren't going to Miami. No, we're not. And we understand that if you're under the influence, you make bad promises. You overfunction. You overpromise. And so I believe it's okay to break those promises while made under the influence of a narcissist or made under the influence of enmeshment, emotional enmeshment. Uh, and remember, consider you are under the influence. Uh, I would consider also in the first 10 days you might want to think about treatment. 
Many have experienced PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, many have experienced depression, pain, trauma, codependency. And sometimes for many, for many it could be very helpful to go into treatment, even inpatient treatment, to get away and to find yourself in an emergency way. I know one site that we have used is called OnSite, and it's down in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that's a treatment facility that would help with codependency and trauma and those kinds of things. Uh, also, don't believe any change, don't believe in the narcissistic hibernation, and don't believe love bombing during this period. When love bombing happens, hey, I love you, I love you, I don't know why you're upset, I'm so sorry, you're unhappy, I'm, it was all my fault, don't believe that. Don't believe hibernation, where the, all of a sudden they become wonderful and not the narcissist. That's where their narcissism has gone into hibernation. And don't believe the change that you see. Real change does not happen for a year. You know, that's one of the things when I used to um, help folks in inpatient treatment for alcohol and drug abuse, and they would say, um, you know, what. Well, wives and would come in and I would treat the family members who come in for the alcoholic and addict and they would say hey well when you know when do we know they've really changed and the rule is always at a year you've got a good hope uh, that there's really change happening and that's what I tell folks when they're going to uh, say well you know you've really messed up my life you've been into drugs or alcohol or you you promised this or you promised that and you don't keep your promises if you can do that for a year, then we can maybe be out of the woods. But it's very hard for people to stay true and to not be that toxic cell for a year. If they can, they just might be changing. Um, trust your experience with the narcissist. Trust your story. You are a war victim. It's, it's hard to tell other people many times because they don't believe us or they don't believe what we're saying. I remember when I dealt with as a pastor a uh, narcissistic couple, a very wounded narcissistic couple, and I, I would tell other people this is how they were being and they just, they just couldn't believe it. They go, oh Jerry, I think you're just misreading. I wasn't misreading anything. And I remember having that cognitive dissonance of are they crazy or am I crazy? Who's crazy here? Because one of us has got to be crazy. And then one night I remember sitting on my bed going, I'm not crazy. It's them. And that was a huge, huge uh, beginning for me to change in trusting that I know I was not seeing things. And no matter what anybody said, I knew what I knew. Another point would be it can be useful to not try to sort out all of your cognitive dissonance. In other words, those uh, I'm thinking both one way and another way at the same time. Don't try to work those out with the narcissist. You're not going to get anywhere. The best thing to stay with the narcissist is just confused. Well, why don't you come back to me? I'm being real nice right now and we could have a good relationship. See, I'm sorry I hurt you. The best uh, mental state to stay in is confused and on your goal to find
find yourself. I hear what you're saying, Bill, Mary, I hear what you're saying, but I'm confused right now and I'm going to stay confused right now, thank you. And I will continue staying confused until I get things cleared up. But you telling me things is not going to clear that up. Also, we want to stop minimizing and stop rationalizing that things are not that bad. I don't know how long I used to put in that uh, process, especially like this couple that I had when I was a pastor. And over and over again, I say, well, it's not that bad. I mean, they do this or they do that. And, but it really was very toxic. It was toxic for the church. It was toxic for me. Uh, it caused a lot of emotional pain and drama. Uh, and I would minimize it and rationalize it. Whenever we are with the narcissist, we do tend to do that because we do tend to give folks and give people around us a break. With a narcissist, it's very dangerous to give them a break. And if we know what we know, stay with what you know. Believe what you know. Believe what you've seen. Believe how they betray, uh, betrayed you. Believe how they've been angry with you. Believe how they've been non-empathetic. How they focused on themselves. How they've been angry over nothing. How they desire you to be a certain way and to shape you into being the person they want you to be. Believe that and believe it. And find some uh, professionals and find some friends who will believe you. Also, remember, you are operating out of a pseudo-self. The narcissist is operating out of a pseudo-self, a not-real self, and so are we. Uh, they are because they have narcissistic personality disorder. We are doing it because we have selflessness. We don't have self, and we are codependent. We've probably never known ourselves, and so we operate out of a pseudo-self. In other words, I'll be or do whatever you need me to be or do to make people happy. That's a pseudo-self. I'm always scanning and make sure, sure that I'm keeping the image right. I'm not doing it because I want to or I believe or it's because those, those aren't important. My wants, needs, beliefs, um, values, opinions are not important. I just need to live in a way that everybody else likes me. That's a pseudo-self. That's not an authentic real self. So remember, you're going to be operating out a pseudo-self for a while. You need to be with people who can be supportive of you during this uh, vulnerable stage while you're beginning to back out of the pseudo-self and finding a real self. There are many more things that I could share with you about losing a narcissist in 10 days. Um, and I'd be happy to work with you. You can contact me at uh, the telephone and the uh, email address that I have on the screen. Uh, I've got 120 some videos on YouTube. Uh, I'm uh, Whether you live in Los Angeles or Miami Beach or the Midwest uh, or in any country around the world in which you have internet connection, uh, I work with uh, individuals, couples, even families, uh, to help them in their recovery and finding a sense of self. That is my expertise. I really want to thank you for watching today. I hope this video was a help to you, and have a great day.